Hare Krishna. Welcome to Sri Sri Radha Kalachandi. To the morning Srimad Bhagavatam class. Before we start, let's pray to Sri Sri Radha Kalachandi that we are able to go deeply into the subject matter today. And through this verse, we are able to come a little bit closer to them in our spiritual journey. Hare Krishna. So, we don't have devotees in the temple room. So, I will sing the Jai Radha Madhav. I'll do the call and repeat. Hare Krishna. Jai Radha Madhava Sanjavi Hari Jaya Radha Madhava Jai 
Welcome to the Srimad Bhagavatam class. So we are continuing our reading from Canto 1, Chapter 10, Text Number 8. Uh, the chapter is titled Departure of Lord Krishna from Dwaraka. Amantraya Chabhya Nujnata. Amantriya Chabhyanuj Natah Parishvajya Bhivadyatam Parishvajya Bhivadyatam Aruroharatham Kaishchit Aruroharatham Kaishchit Parishvakto Bhivaditaha Parishvakto Bhivaditaha Amantriya Jabhyanu Janataha Parishvajya Bhivadyatam Aruroharatham Kaishchit Parishvakto Bhivaditaha Amantriya Chabhyanu Janyata Parishvajya Bhivadyatam Aruroharatham Kaishchit Parishvakto Bhivaditaha Amantriya Chabhyanu Jyanata Parishvajya Bhivadyatam Aruroharatam Kaishchit Parishvakto Bhivaditaha Amantriya Chabhyanu Jataha Parishvajya Bhivadyatam Aruroharatam Kaishchit Parishvakto Bhivaditaha Hare Krishna would you all like to try saying the words? No? Okay, fine. So we'll we'll break it down. We'll break down the words word to word. I I can say and you can repeat. Amantriya. Taking permission. Cha and abhyanujnataha. Being permitted. Parishvyajya, embracing, abhivadya, bowing down at the feet, bowing down at the feet, thumb onto Maharaj Yudhishthir, aruroha, ascended, ratham, the chariot, kaischit, by someone, 
परिश्वक्ता being embraced abhivaditah being offered obeisances translation and purport by his divine grace shila propad shila propad ki jai translation afterwards when the lord asked permission to depart and the king gave it the lord offered his respects to maharaj yudhishthir by bowing down at his feet and the king embraced him after this the lord being embraced by others and receiving their obeisances got into his chariot please repeat afterwards when the lord asked permission to depart and the king gave it the lord offered his respects to maharaj yudhishthir by bowing down at his feet this is the lord bowing down at his feet and the king embraced him after this the lord being embraced by others and receiving their obeisances obeisances got into his chariot purport maharaj yudhishthir was the elder's cousin of lord krishna and therefore while departing from him the lord bowed down at the king's feet the king embraced him as a younger brother although the king knew perfectly well that krishna is the supreme personality of godhead the lord takes pleasure when some of his devotees accept him as less important in terms of love no one is greater than or equal to the lord but he takes pleasure in being treated as younger than his devotees these are all transcendental pastimes of the lord the impersonalist cannot enter into the supernatural roles played by the devotee of the lord thereafter bhima and arjuna embraced the lord because they were of the same age but nakula and sahadev bowed down before the lord because they were younger than he before we start we will say the mangala charan prayers prabhu could you could you could you So Hari Krishna welcome uh is this your first time here or you've been here before Okay So so have you attended a Bhagavatam class before or is this your first time You've been to class okay So so before we we start we usually say the Mangala Charan prayers and uh these are these are pretty elaborate so we'll all say this together and these are two pages So the first page is the Mangalacharan prayers and on the back there are some selected verses some important verses so this this invokes some good auspiciousness before we start okay is everyone ready okay we'll do this together om gyanat mirandhasya gyananjana shalakhyaya chakshurun militam yena tasmay shri guruvai namaha 
ಶ್ರೀಚೈತನ್ಯಮನೋಷ್ಟಂ ಸ್ಥಾಪಿತೂತಲೆ ಸ್ವಯಂ ಕದಾತಿಪದಾಂತಿಕ ವಂದೇಹಂ ಶ್ರೀಗುರೋ ಶ್ರೀಯುತಕಮಲ ಶ್ರೀಗುರುಣ್ವೈಷ್ಣವಂಶ್ಚ ಶ್ರೀಗುರುಣ್ವೈಷ್ಣವಂಶ್ಚಾತ್ವೈತಂಸಜೀವಂಸಾಧೂತಂಪರಿಜನಾಸಹಿತಕೃಷ್ಣ
तप्त कांचना गौरांगी राधे वृंदावनेश्वरी वृषभानो सुते देवी प्रणमा हरि प्रिय वृंदाए तुलसी देव्याय प्रियाय केशवस्य च विष्णु भक्ति प्रति देवी सत्यवताय नमो नमः श्री नरसिंह जय नरसिंह जय जय नरसिंह प्रलाद देशे जय पद्मा मुखा पद्मा भृंगा दीज आर सेलेक्टेड वर्सेस फ्रॉम भगवत गीता यदा यदा ही धर्मस्य क्लानिर भवती भारत अभ्युत्थानम धर्मस्य तदात्मानम श्रीजाम्यहम परित्राणाय साधूनाम विनाशाय च दुष्कृताम धर्म संस्थापनार्थाय संभवामी युगे युगे मनमनाभव मदभक्तो मदयाजी माम नमस्कुरु मामेवश्यासी युक्तवैवम आत्मानम मदपरायनः सर्वधर्माम परित्याज मामेकम शरणम व्रज अहम त्वम सर्व पापे भ्यो मोक्ष्यायामी मासुचः फ्रॉम श्रीमद् भागवतम शुश्रुषो श्रद्धनस्य वासुदेवा कथारुचि शनमहत सेव्या विप्रा पुण्यतीर्था निशेवनात शिन्वनात्स्व कथा कृष्णा पुण्य श्रवणा कीर्तना विदयंतस्तो हि बद्रानी विधोनोति श्रुतसतम नष्ट प्रायेशु अभद्रेशु नित्यम भागवत सेवया भगवती उत्तमाश्लोके भक्तिर भवती नाइष्टकी तदा राजस्तमो भाव कामा लोभाद्यस्चये चेता इतेर अवाविधम सितम सत्वे प्रशीदति एवं प्रसनो मनसो भगवत भक्ति योगतः भगवत तत्व विज्ञानम मुक्त संगस्य जायते विद्यते हृदयस ग्रंथिस चिद्यन्ते सर्व संशया शियन्ति चाश्य चर्माणी दृष्ट्वाइवात्मानस्त्वशरे फ्रॉम चेतन्य चरितामृतम माली हना करे से बीजारोपना श्रवणा कीर्तन जले कार्ये सेचना ताहन विस्तारिता हना फलय प्रेमपला इहान माली सेचे नित्या श्रवणादि जला वैराग्य विद्या निज भक्ति योगा शिक्षार्थमेका पुरुषा पुराणा श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य शरीरधारी कृपाम बुद्धिर्यस्तम अहम प्रपद्ये कालम नष्ट भक्ति योगम निजमया प्रदूषकार्तम कृष्ण चैतन्य नामा अविर्भूतस्तस्य पदारविंदे कादम कादम लियतम चित्तभृंगा जय श्री कृष्णा चैतन्या प्रभु नित्यानंद श्री अद्वैता गदाधार श्रीवासादि गौर भक्त वृंदा हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे टुडेस वर्स इज अमंत्रियाचाभ्यानुजन्नात परिश्वाज्याभिभादत्तम अरूरोहारतम कैश्चित परिश्वक्तो भिवादितह Afterwards, when the Lord asked permission to depart and the king gave it, the Lord offered his respects to Maharaj Yudhishthir by bowing down at his feet and the king embraced him. 
After this, the Lord, being embraced by others and receiving their obeisances, got into his chariot. So, just to give some context of you know what's going on here, uh, basically, the Kurukshetra War has just completed. And are you aware of the Kurukshetra War? Are you aware of the Kurukshetra War? Okay. So this is this is the war which happened between uh, the Pandavas, who are the five brothers, and the Kauravas. Uh, and in this war, millions of people were were killed. And this was a war for for dharma, you know, for for truth. So so now the war is completed, and uh, Lord Krishna. Kalachanji here, he's about to leave Hastinapur, you know, where he has just made Yudhishthir the king, the king of the palace, of the, of the kingdom. And as he's about to leave, um, he, he keeps getting stopped, you know, before he leaves. So the first, the first thing what happened was uh, Uttara. Uttara is um, the, the wife of Abhimanyu, Abhimanyu was the son of Arjun, and Arjun is a very dear friend of Krishna. So Uttara, you know, she she had the Brahmastra. Ashwatthama, you know, put the Brahmastra on on her, and Uttara ran to Krishna for for saving the womb. So Krishna stopped there, and you know, through the Sudarshan Chakra, he took care of of the embryo, which is Parikshit Maharaj. Then Mother Kunti, you know, she had her prayers. Then when he was again about to leave, Maharaj Yudhishthir had lots of questions on how he should be taking care of the the kingdom. And then, from the last chapter, we just read how you know uh, Krishna arranged Bhishma Dev to actually give instructions. Uh, sorry, to give instructions to to uh, Yudhishthir Maharaj, and and through that whole experience, it also. We also heard how Bhishma, when he was about to leave his body, Krishna was there face to face. Bhishma Dev could actually see Krishna eye to eye. So now we come to this part where Lord Krishna is about to leave for Dwaraka. And we're noticing that, you know, Krishna here also is pacifying Shubhadra, his sister. And after, after the war, you know, he helps her to grieve because she has lost her son as well. So on a on a morning walk, once Srila Prabhupada, you know, he usually used to go for morning walks. Lots of devotees used to be with him. There was an entourage, you know, devotees would ask him questions and answers and he would answer and you know, as he was he was doing this, usually after the end of the morning walk, you know, there was a car waiting for him to take him back you know, to the temple. So as he was getting into the car, uh, he told his devotees that, oh, this is Ananda. You know, this is so much so much bliss to walk with all of you. And if I was just doing this alone, it wouldn't be as much fun, you know, as it's with devotees. And same thing I was thinking, you know, like when I just started the Srimad Bhagavatam class, I was, I was sitting alone and, you know, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur has said that, you know, you should, don't worry about who's in the class or who's not. You should even, you know, give the class to the walls. But 
there's more ananda, there's more joy when there are devotees in, in the temple room. So I was, I was just reflecting on that, that, you know, as soon as Sanatan Govind Prabhu came and, you know, all of you came, you know, even if we are just looking eye to eye, you know, there's, there's some joy, right? There's some ananda there. So Krishna, same way, therefore expands himself from one to many, right? And why does he do that? He does that because he wants to have relationships. He wants to have that rasa. He wants to enjoy those relationships. He is still complete. And we are all his parts and uh, parcels of, you know, we are plenary portions of Krishna. But Krishna is actually looking for those relationships. And that's why he expands himself. Bahunam ante. So, Srila Prabhupada says in the introduction of the Nectar of Devotion, how a man is working so hard day in and day out, right? He goes to work, he he gets some income, and imagine if he just comes back home, but there's nobody there, right? He's not going to have the same enjoyment, the same ananda, unless when he has, you know, somebody he can share that with, right? Share that, that joy with, have those loving relationships with. For example, let's say if there's a very, very rich man, right? He has a very big bungalow. Um, he has all the beautiful furniture, amazing cars in his garage. But there's nobody there in the house. He's all alone. He's not going to be happy. You know, externally he might be very flashy, but internally he is empty, right? And as soon as, you know, a bird, even if a bird flies in, a parrot, or mockingbird flies in, he immediately has some relationship. You know, he looks at the bird, he takes care of the bird. So, that is relationship, that's rasa, that's what everybody is looking for. And Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita that the soul is amazing. Ascharyayat, amazing, outstanding, right? It's outstanding. So just with our glances, right, I'm looking at our dear florist here, just with our glances, right, there's some relationship. You know, our eyes meet and, you know, there's there's something going on, right? So just with the eye movement, there's a relationship. Uh, a very good example is the Bharatnatyam dance, right? And the Bharatnatyam or the Odissi dance, right, or Katakali. Now, all these art forms, the dancer is moving different, uh, you know, expressions with the eyes, the hands, the neck, and all of this just gives you ananda, it gives you a relationship, some rasa. So, same way in Goloka, there's an eternal dance going on. Right? We can see the picture there. It's the rasa dance. And this is the eternal dance where all the different parts and parcels of Krishna, the different angas, are having very different, unique ways of expressing their relationship with Krishna. So, just with a glance, the soul, which is a sentient being, can convey so much, right? And I've had this experience. Uh, so, I, I live in, in Mikini, where it's very different from India. So, I was born and brought up in India. And in India, growing up, you know, we used to have our friends playing in the street. It's so busy, you know, there's people everywhere. Uh, people are walking, we have... 
you know, there's hustle and bustle. Something's going on. And in Mikini, it's very different. You know, like people, people just come, go straight into their, their homes, uh, maybe put the alarm too. So there's, there's not any relationship, right? Everybody's just in their homes. And the other day I was going on a Japa walk and I was thinking, let's, let's do an experiment. You know, and we all had our masks on. And as I was walking past, you know, somebody else, I thought, okay, let's, let me smile. You know, let me smile with my squinty eyes and let's see what reaction there is. And immediately, you know, there was, there was a reciprocation, right? You smile, you say hi, you say good morning. There's reciprocation. And then I was like, all right, now what happens if I don't make an eye contact? Don't even look, don't even have a relationship. You know, immediately it's very awkward, right? Haven't, haven't you all felt that way when you go into an elevator, right? You're going first floor, second floor. You need to go all the way to the 20th floor. And you're like, should I say something? Should I say hi? So it just becomes really awkward, right? So that's what we're all looking for, though, right? Those are the relationships, the rasas. But the rasas in this material world are very temporary. They finish after some time. And Krishna says that all these relationships in this material world are tainted. Why are they tainted? Because they have a beginning and they have an end. Therefore, Krishna says that the living entity, the jiva soul, they become miserable because we give ourselves to someone fully, right? We are trying to offer ourselves someone to fully and then the relationship is terminated. And because of that, we get discouraged. Therefore, we feel some bhaya, some fear that what if the same relationship is going to end in the spiritual world? Right? That's our fear. Uh, Srila Prabhupada gives a very good example. He says that imagine a person who is in a hospital, he's lying on a hospital bed. He has tubes coming out from, you know, everywhere. And, you know, he's in so much pain, he's morose. And then the doctor comes and tells him that, oh, you'll be fine very soon. But still, you know, he, he thinks that is, Am I going to be okay? Even the doctor says that, yes, you know, you'll be soon walking and running. But that's our problem. You know, we get depressed. Because of our failed material relationships, we get depressed. But Krishna says that we have to give up this tendency. This tendency of pursuing temporary relationships. And the problem is we become mad after temporary relationships. And that is our condition of our heart, our mind, and the body. We get depressed with all these failed material relationships, the rasas, because there's no, there's, there's nothing in these rasas, right? It's all temporary. It starts and it finishes. It's, for example, it's like a counterfeit, counterfeit money, right? Like once you get counterfeit notes, you start feeling like whatever you get is, is going to be counterfeit. So, how do we get out of this this illusion, right? How do we get out of these temporary relationships but actually have positive, meaningful relationships? So that is a wise person. He tries to change his object of relationship. We, so the term in, in Sanskrit is called vishaya. 
the object. So right now our vishaya is all these temporary relationships we have around the world. But we need to change the vishaya, the object. So a very, very nice example is of Lord Brahma. Lord Brahma is the creator of the material universe. So when he came about, he came from the lotus flower, you know, emanating from the uh, the stomach of Garbhodakshaya Vishnu. And when he came, you know, the whole world was dark. He was very morose. He traveled everywhere trying to figure out where is he. And then what happened? He heard something. He heard the voice, Tapa, Tapasya, Tapa. So that is basically, you know, the vibration. And then he heard the flute of Krishna, right? The vibration of the Krishna's flute from the spiritual world, that sound vibration encouraged Brahma. And that, basically, the vibration which is coming from the spiritual world is not ordinary. It's not the material world. The sounds which we hear from the material world. So Brahma, who was morose and depressed and lost, as soon as he heard these, you know, the sound, the tapa, the Gayatri mantras, he was enlivened. And seeing how he was enlivened, you know, Krishna was very happy. So, those of us who have our second initiation, you know, there's one of the mantras, right, where we we meditate on, on the Guru, right? <clears throat> we are meditating that just like the Guru is always enthused, you know, with Krishna, same way, you know, we are enthused seeing our spiritual master enthused that way. So, these are all spiritual vibrations, you know, coming from the, the spiritual world. Just imagine, you know, just one vibration which Brahma heard, it changed everything. He was able to create the whole material world just from that one vibration. So, it's something like uh, like intoxication, you know, like when when uh, like the drug addicts, right? When they want more, you know, they when they have a little bit of intoxication, they want more and more. Same way, you know, when we hear Krishna's flute, Krishna's sound, right? The Hare Krishna mantra which is coming out, it's like intoxication. We want more. So just hearing from that one small note from Krishna's flute, Brahma was enlivened. And, you know, that helped him understand that, that there is a spiritual world. Right? This material world is temporary. There is a spiritual world and it exists. And Krishna says that in the Bhagavad Gita. Right? He says that the spiritual, the spiritual world exists and it never gets inhalated. It's always permanent. It's not temporary. Everything in this material world, it gradually winds up. We lose everything in due course of time. But in the spiritual world, you know, everything is eternal. It's always present. So that's that's one distinction which we should always remember that you know the spiritual world is is eternal and you know that's the vishya that's the object what we need to have the material world is constantly getting destroyed and the golok vrindavan is eternal always true also krishna says in the bhagavad gita that you know once somebody goes to golok vrindavan he never has to return back. So that that should motivate us, that should inspire us, that okay, you know, even though we have all these different 
experiences in the material world, you know, there is something more to look at. So the spiritual world has a lot of variety, has a lot of variegatedness. And Krishna is enjoying differently with different devotees. So he has different rasas. So here in in the text we see how Krishna is actually taking permission from Yudhishthir Maharaj. Even though he is the lord of the universe, but still, you know, he has some rasa. He's getting some relationship by actually bowing down in front of Yudhishthir Maharaj. You know, same way, same way we actually see how Mother Yashoda, you know, she is running behind Krishna, you know, with a stick, right? Karthik's coming. And how Krishna is actually running from his mother in fear. He's crying. You know, and that is the rasa which, which Krishna wants to enjoy, right, with, with all his devotees. And Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami says in the Chaitanya Charitamrita that Krishna actually enjoys more when devotees approach him with a sulky mood than all the brahmanas who are reciting all these different verses. So we see that in our dealings here in the material world, that the ones we are very close to, you know, like when somebody is our friend and we are very close to our friend, even if we say something jokingly, you know, they won't take take it in the wrong way. But if we are having some relationship with somebody in awe and reverence, you know, we are always like, yes, Prabhu, yes, sir, right? So we become a little bit more closer to devotees who, you know, are, are closer to us. And that's what Krishna is also hankering for. He wants to actually have friends, right? And friends with Krishna, they actually tell him that, yeah, we can wrestle with you. We are better than you. You know, yesterday we defeated you. Tomorrow we are going to defeat you. And Krishna is actually happy to hear that. So Krishna is relishing all these different reciprocations. And, you know, everyone in in Golok Vrindavan are reciprocating with Krishna in the same way. The birds, the the bees, the trees, the peacocks, the friends, parents. It's just like a concert hall. You know, just like in, in a concert we have all these different instruments. And, you know, all these instruments on their own, they are, you know, they don't make that same symphony. But when all these different instruments come together and then produce one note, one sound, <clears throat> then, you know, it's very, very pleasing to the to the ear. So same way, all of us, we have all these different relationships with Krishna and we're all coming together in symphony, you know, in harmony to enhance Krishna's mood. And it's also said that, you know, the gopis in the morning, they are churning butter. <clears throat> and as they're churning butter, their bangles are, are, are clinking. And they're singing very nice pastimes of Krishna. And the listeners say that, you know, even if we hear those clinging of the bangles, you know, the singing of the gopis, you know, that is, that sound vibration can fully get us purified. You know, that rhythm is purifying. So, in Golok Vrindavan, all these different entities have their own rhythm. They all come together for Krishna and they harmonize it into one sound. And that carries the soul, right? Which is also described in Brahma Samhita. So, these are Krishna's pastimes. And that is what Krishna is living for. Krishna never forgets his devotees. And the devotees also never forget Krishna. 
And that is why he expands himself. So why does he he even expand the material world, right? He's even expanding the material world. He's breathing. The universes are coming out because <clears throat> he wants the living entities to come out. Remember that they have an eternal relationship with Krishna. You know, they are able to to learn how to express themselves and reawaken that relationship. So he wants that love of every living entity. Each one of us, and that is, you know, the nature which Krishna wants. So he wants to experience all these different rasas, right? He is the king of all the rasas. He's Rasa Raj. That's what he's living for. So when we come into this vibration of the Srimad Bhagavatam, So, when we come into this vibration of Srimad Bhagavatam, the Hare Krishna Mahamantra, we actually enter into this life of rasa. So, rasa is a different level. So, there's even rasa in, in sadhana, right? Rasa with devotees. <clears throat> so, Srila Rupa Goswami says in the Nectar of Devotion that there are different ways in which devotees can also have rasa between each other, right? So, even if somebody is just chanting the Hare Krishna Mahamantra, how do we feel? How do we feel when we see somebody chanting the Hare Krishna Mahamantra? We feel, we feel gratitude, right? We feel gratitude for them. Gratitude for them, right? We feel grateful, we have respect for them, right? And we know that Devahuti is actually telling in Srimad Bhagavatam that, Aho! Right? She's ex- She's exclaiming, Aho! Anybody who even says Hare Krishna once, you know, that person is is very, very purified, right? They're on the highest platform. They've actually surpassed, they've read all the Vedas, you know, right? They've bathed in all the rivers, right? She feels gratitude for such people, how exalted they are, right? And Rupa Goswami is saying that anyone you hear saying Hare Krishna, you know, we, we want to offer them our obeisances, right? So that is the relationship, the relationship what we can have. So, uh, so there, th- so there are three things, right? Three things which uh, Sri Rupa Goswami says is that anyone who says Hare Krishna, they are exalted. We give them our respect. Anyone who has taken this process seriously, who's taken initiation, you know, who are, who's married now, not not just dating, married, <laughs> right? They have taken a vow, right? To that person, we should pay our full dandavats. And anybody who is very advanced, we render service. So that way we are always, you know, with them. So once, the same example was given by Srila Prabhupada that, you know, we were, he was going in a car and there are different devotees sitting in the car, right? And all of them going to the same place, using the same vehicle, but still, you know, there's different differences in in each devotee. And Srila Prabhupada commented that, yes, you know, we are all sitting in the same car, but you know, I'm the spiritual master, and you know, that's the relationship what we have. So, like in this verse, right? In this verse, Krishna is, Krishna, the Lord of the universe, he is now taking permission from Maharaj Yudhishthir to depart. And Maharaj Yudhishthir is actually embracing him. Right? And Srila Prabhupada says in the purport that Krishna is actually hankering for that kind of relationship where he can be subordinate to his devotees. 
And there are so many examples, right? Parth, he's, he's the chariot driver of, of Arjuna. He's crying in front of Mother Yashoda, right? So this is what is meant to develop in our lives, that rasa, right? How we can relate to all these different devotees. How can we relate to, relate to Krishna? How can we see every moment we can actually take to please Krishna through the relationships, through serving devotees, serving him, contact with him in the mood of service. And how do we do that? We do that by actually hearing the sound, hearing the sound coming from the material, from the spiritual world. Same way like how Brahma, you know, when he was morose, he heard the spiritual sound. So, we should understand that, you know, all Everything here in this material world is temporary. There is a beginning. There is an end. The spiritual world is eternal. It's completely rewarding. And that's where we have our permanent relationships. And in the material world, we are going to be constantly disappointed uh, by, you know, by all these temporary relationships. And we will be fully satisfied when we change the vishaya. We change the object of our relationship to Krishna. So we'll we'll stop here and we'll we'll get some reflections from from both of you, Prabhus. So I think there's a mic right behind Prabhu. Hopefully. <coughs> okay. Yes, it works. So in this purport, um, oh sorry, in this verse, uh, you know, Krishna is, it, it mentions that Krishna offers uh, obeisances to Yudhishthira Maharaj. And Krishna is the Lord of the whole universe. <laughs> and, you know, millions and millions of highly elevated souls, uh, souls are sages are offering obeisances to him. Brahma is offering obeisances. Lord Shiva is offering obeisances. And here Krishna is offering obeisances to Maharaj Yudhishthira. Because he is elder in, uh, elder to him, senior in age, and uh, so we're quite astonishing. And, uh, and Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, uh, everyone follows to my path, so I have to do my, I have to set the right example, and then everybody follows my path. So here Krishna is setting an example how to treat the, uh, how to have proper relationship with those who are elder to us. That's the one. And I like the example that you gave uh, that there's a rasa in relationship. The material things, they cannot uh, satisfy us. You know, the example of a rich man having a big bungalow, everything first class in that nice furniture, nice garden, but there is nobody there. <laughs> then you, that person cannot be happy. As soon as one little jiva comes into that bungalow in the form of a bird or something, then there is some ananda, uh, happiness there. So the happiness is in the relationships, not in the material things. And uh, in uh, you said uh, in this material world, all the relationships are temporary. But in the spiritual world, the relationships are eternal. And uh, Krishna, we read that Krishna expanded in the very beginning to have loving relationships with all the jivas. That's why all the jivas are there. Yeah, 
that's the few things I could nice. take from the lecture. Thank you, Prabhu. Yeah. The first point, right? I was reflecting on this point that how Krishna, who is the supreme personality of Godhead, right? From him everything is emanating. But still he he is bowing down to Maharaj Yudhishthir in front of everyone. Right? And you know, this point is very important to also meditate that externally he wants to set the example. Right? And Krishna says in, in the Bhagavad Gita that whatever a leader does, you know, common men follow. So he also wants to set the dharma. He wants to show, you know, what is the proper etiquette, right? Because he is younger to to Maharaj Yudhishthir, so he is showing the etiquette. However, internally, right, there is different rasa going on, both between Maharaj Yudhishthir and Krishna. And this is what Krishna is, is hankering for. He is hankering for this rasa, this relationship, you know, that you know, imagine imagine Lalita Sakhi, right? Lalita Sakhi is is chastising Krishna and Radha, right? That is that is her mood. She keeps instructing, "Don't do like this. Do like this. Don't do like this," right? When when Radha Rani, when Krishna left Radha and and Radha Rani is so so morose, you know, she is in separation from Krishna. You know, Lalita Sakhi is is thinking that oh. Why was I so hard on both of them? You know, like because of, of me, you know, like now Radharani is in so much pain. However, Lalita Saki is also in that, that mood, that bhav, because she wants to enhance what Krishna is, Krishna wants. Krishna wants these different unique rasas, you know. So, so it's a very nice point that, you know, both of this. Yes, Prabhu. Krishna is Adi Purusha, Purusha Purana, Govinda Sarva Karana Karana, and yet he is offering obeisances to Yudhishthira Maharaj because yeah. he is his uh, yeah. cousin, yeah. brother, and elder. Even even think about when there was the Ashwatthama Yagya, uh, the the horse Yagya, Ashwamedh Yagya, right? At that time, all the different people had come, and what did what did Maharaj, uh, what did Krishna do? He was washing everyone's Rajasuya, he was washing everyone's feet. Was, now this is the Supreme Lord and he is washing everyone's feet. And he is he's actually getting pleasure, getting pleasure from that. Balram Prashad Prabhu. Hare Krishna Prabhuji, first of all, wonderful lecture. What I, what I able to hear actually. Uh, but I think the point you both are making is wonderful to understand how much Important Krishna pays to a devotee. Sometimes in our life we ignore devotees. Oh, this normal, is it? We come to temple, devotee should be there. But we see from this incident, Krishna set an example for us how valuable a devotee is. And then you have quoted from Rupa Goswami, Nectar Devotion as well, that he says anybody chants one time. So here people chanting so often also. So that means we have to love and understand those loving exchanges and the respect also and see. So billions of people in the world and how many are chanting? Is it? If they are chanting, they are special. That also comes from this, like, for us, what what is the life without devotees? They are so important. Because of them, we may go back to God if we... And then Krishna setting example that how we respect, even he being the supreme personality of Godhead, it doesn't matter. He is beyond all those things. But still he is setting example for us, as we are mentioning here. And the second thing, if you think of the material perspective, if you see in material world, 
if somebody got little bit position little bit power how egoistic they become they were full of false ego is it they come to temple they can't even pay the dandavat is it because they have so much oh, ego i am something and krishna said example oh i am the owner of the everything is it and he's still he is ready to pay offenses to this man so those both aspects are there even from material point of view that we need to understand how humble we should be in our sadhana and practice of devotion so that's wonderful from this verse and very, very wonderful to hear from both of you thank you prabhu ji hari krishna thank you prabhu thank you for bringing up this point about paying obeisances right this is very important point that why do we pay obeisances why do we pay dandavat one point which you mentioned was you know it cuts down our false ego right we are thinking oh everybody should bow down to me i am the supreme wherever i look you know i am the leader right this is our false ego so shri shri rupakoswami says that you know that's why we should pay dandavat so that way you know our false ego is cut down right and krishna here he is showing with his example you know why he supreme personality of god that he is paying obeisances to maharaj yudhishthir right and and i think there was there also a goswami i forget which goswami but he used to count the number of dandavats he used to do every day Raghunath Das Goswami, like this was his meditation, you know, like everyone, you know, he would just do Dandavat, right? So this is a very, very important point that we should we should follow in this in these footsteps. And and the Vedic culture in India is like that, right? Growing up, we've we've seen this. Our parents, right, when they meet their parents or grandparents, they all they all touch their feet. They all do Dandavat. You know, people in India are so pious that as soon as they see, you know. any temple right even if they are going on a vehicle they stop and they they offer their dandavats so very nice point thank you prabhu also heard rovi that somebody told me that whenever you dandavats krishna is counting krishna <laughs> <laughs> just making sure we are surrendering basically yeah. it's a mode of surrender yeah like i it reminds me of how devotees when they are going some devotees who are going around govardhan right and they are doing dandavat parikram amazing right they some of them they just sleep by the by the road there by the parikram mark and then next morning they just continue from there amazing so okay we'll stop here shrimad bhagavatam ki jai shila prabhupad ki jai vanchakalpatarubhyascha kripa sindhubhye vacha patitanam pavanebhyo vaishnavebhyo namo namaha sadi vaishnavinda ki jai प्रभु जी की जय हरि बोल